0: Hey Coconuts, the world is changing really fast. I'm sure you know, even now you have TikTok managers. So if you want to be our TikTok manager, you know, drop an email, hello at thefinancialcoconut.com Hashtag random recruitment, but okay, focus today is that technology is opening up new ways of envisioning work and life. And I'm sure by now, you're experiencing some of these shifts and I'm really excited about some of them, but I'm also getting very concerned about the others. I think many of these global themes will fundamentally change the way we work, we live, our financial goals, and also provide a whole new suite of strategies that were not possible prior. So today, I want to share with you some of these global themes that I observe happening Good morning everyone, I welcome you to another day with the financial coconut In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices And discussing financial strategies that fit our unique life You get it, ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well And today we're going to spend some time to talk about some of these global themes Shifting personal finance strategies And how am I going to embrace the change? I think you don't need me to tell you that recently, many things have changed Well, I'm pretty excited to hear old people talking about Zoom Yeah, that's what they call it like, Zoom Zoom, everything also Zoom uh, but... <laughs> cheesy but yes clients are also becoming very comfortable with meeting me online so that's great i am seeing how a lot of these global themes and shifts will change the way we live and plan our finances the way we work you know we may not even live here anymore so not always in the best ways but i think uh, we are entering a misty ground and best practices will take some time as we find new equilibrium so today, we're really going to spend time to explore my imagination. How do I see some of these changes? Um, what are some of the best practices in my view? And open up your minds to the possibilities of the different ways to live life. And in that sense, translate into different ways of managing your personal finance. More importantly, I hope you feel that you are not alone. We're all in this together because it is pretty scary to you know, actually think that you're alone. Although sometimes, you know, you do feel like you're alone because nobody really talks about it but hey always come to our telegram group we can have a great chat but as we develop we will find better ways to live better way to work and better ways to play in this new normal and the truth is there are many themes forces that are going to fundamentally change the way we live our life and plan our finances today i've only picked three of them and if there are any interesting new themes that you feel are going to fundamentally change the way we live please come to our telegram group and share that with us. So these three things matter to me, I know other things will matter to you. So the very first theme that is going to change the way we plan our finances is that humans will live much, much longer. Young adults today may live an average of 90 to 100 years old. My God, imagine the wrinkles. <laughs> And hey, this is not some like sci-fi dream or conspiracy theory or some fairy tale, yeah, okay? There are actually all new technologies out there today. Things like CRISPR, which can accurately cut out parts of a DNA sequence. And if you don't know yet, actually a lot of problems that are caused by mutations of your DNA sequence, things like cancer, okay? So the rise of these kind of better understanding of DNA and genomic sequencing also allow doctors and scientists to be more targeted with their treatment. It's no longer a guessing game, okay? If you didn't know, actually, a lot of doctors are guessing half the time when they look at you so all the new studies and the new ways of diagnosis and all that's just giving them more information to better and more accurately serve your needs right and so all these kind of technology growth and the increase of pre-care activities promoting healthy lifestyle uh, mental health and a broader appreciation for aging are all going to contribute to longer life expectancy Of course, I know when you hear this thing, you'll be like, wow, I don't know how I'm gonna feel, you know, when I'm 90 or 100. For all of you millennials out there, 30s, 40s, you're already seeing that change in the way of life, your diet, your body, it's just feeling different. So even I, you know, am experiencing this change and I don't know how to feel exactly but the reality is we're going to live longer and Singaporeans on average will see a 0.16% increase in life expectancy yearly on average now we're already leaving to somewhere like 83, 84 so you know 016 on average by the time we are older, uh, 90, 100 years old uh, it's very very possible so it's not just like a pure statistical extrapolation Okay, we're seeing a lot of research going on here and the government is putting a lot of money into healthy ageing and better prepare for the future elder population. So Singaporeans being Singaporeans and the government being government, yeah, they're very one. So if there's nothing here, they will not do much about it. And there are even some projections to suggest that by 2050, 50% of Singapore population will be senior citizens. Well, that'll be a lot of old people lah. Hopefully not grumpy. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully not grumpy old people lah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel. You know, uh, This is just a reality that we have to work with and so it's gonna fundamentally change a lot of how we view things right it's gonna allow us to question a few things one of which is are we really going to retire at 65 you know which means like you work 30 years or 35 years and then you retire one time good one and then you live for however long you want to live. In the past maybe a lot more possible because 30 years of preparing for 15 years of retirement sounds okay but going ahead, we're going to live a lot longer and many things are going to change. So midlife crisis may not be a one-time thing, it's going to be a multi-times thing and retirement may not be a one-time thing anymore and you're seeing a lot of people doing that right? So first 10 years, you may explore a particular career as an extension of your education and after that, you kind of figure okay, maybe I like to do this i have this certain skill set and i can find a market that allows me to profit and make money out of this okay then i take a pivot i change right so then you may have like two to three or four careers in your life and retirement can be a beautiful thing that keeps happening and rather than like a one-time good one so in my honest opinion Since we're going to live longer, we're going to have multiple careers in our lifetime, coupled with all these digital enablement, you know, and work becomes essentially less physical and more creative, right? So we can really work very, very long. We will not retire once. We may retire many times. So in that sense, I really feel that you might want to revisit the idea of like, "Ah, I'm just going to work very hard and save all the money and going to retire. So a lot of people actually at their workplace, they get a little bit jaded, they get burnt out, and they're just biting the bullet and bearing the pain of gathering resources so that they can retire ASAP, right? I mean, I have a lot of friends uh, working in the corporate world or working in a job that pays them really well but kind of eats their soul. Uh, it's a give and take, but because we're going to live a lot longer, my take is you might really want to focus on developing the self, understanding what you're good at and you know how you can derive joy from all these repetition and reposition yourself in a different arrangement rather than just like, oh yeah, 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 I'm going to work very hard and retire and buy my house and do all this kind of stuff because you're going to live a lot longer so try to learn to love what you do and focus on that I think that will really help you as we go along of course we are not trying to like lie to ourselves to say like oh I work very hard you going to do what you love that means it's gonna pay the bills but the thing is if you envision right if you really love to draw okay let's just take drawing as an example maybe your younger days you work for a company doing graphics Okay, so you draw, do messages, and and all those kind of stuff. And yeah, you work for corporate, they pay you pretty well, or agencies. And after a while, you feel like, ah, I'm getting a little tired, I don't want to do this. Uh, You want to do your freelancing thing, right? So you do a freelancing thing for a while, maybe another 5, 10 years. So... After that, you feel like, oh yeah, maybe freelancing, are a bit unstable, I want to change back to join a community, uh, but maybe not a corporate, I could work for a community as a visual communicator, or what have you not, right? And, and then later, you can do teaching, you can teach people how to draw and share your skills. So, if you think about it, the same skill set can be applied in many, many ways. Corporate agencies, freelance community, teaching people, and... I really envision this change for the future where things are going to be this dynamic, right? So develop your strength. Nurture what you love. I think that's my best honest advice for you. And don't just plan for a one-time retirement. Take periodic breaks. The series, it's going to come out very soon. Okay, so I don't mind just letting the cat out of the bag. Later this month, we're going to be talking a little bit about Mini Retirement. We did a mini series with Provident and one of the guys came on, Max. We had a great time talking about Mini Retirements. And I think that is an idea that we can all subscribe to rather than just work, 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 slave, 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 and then, you know, retire, right? We can work on developing what we enjoy finding our skills and try to make money out of these skill sets, positioning ourselves depending on how things change and take periodic retirements to re-envision, relive our lives. And if you think about it, that is a pretty interesting way to live life. So, as we live longer, as people are going to live longer, hey, entertain this different way of living, right? Which brings me to the second global theme that is going to change the way we plan our finances and live our life and that is work goes remote you can too okay explore the bigger world out there and we'll talk about this after word from our sponsor i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me By now, you should realise that work is going remote. Why? Okay, Because a lot of these big companies have already come up to say that we are going remote or we are going digital first. Essentially means you can work from anywhere and you can work online. And this whole COVID situation, one of the best things that brought up, right? Is it has challenged the way we work. For a very, very long time, I always wondered why people have to stay in the office and then just kind of act like they're working when they're actually very tired and they need to go and, you know, walk and take a nap and do whatever to recharge and... So, that people can work, work better, right? So, there are a lot of uh, showmanship going on in the office, but because work goes remote, things are changing, and companies are seeing that they no longer need to have very, very big offices. They can have lower overhead in that sense, and yeah, they can hire from anywhere, so that's great. So, essentially, these big tech guys are gonna set precedents, and everyone else is gonna slowly, slowly follow because more and more people are gonna expect that to be the new normal, right? So, let me paint you a clearer picture one so of the ripple effects on the economy so in the past cities have always been where jobs concentrated big employers are there to hire for talent and uh, big talent pools have more jobs so talent job job talent talent job job talents you know it kind of creates this network effect and voila a whole new city is built so everybody starts to get concentrated and many other peripheral economies of services utilities housing entertainment and all these other different sectors will pop up so, you actually see a lot of countries or a lot of cities where um, there are only one or two big sectors. It can be like a whole city just built on finances or like financial services. It can be a whole city built on manufacturing and all those kind of stuff, right? It's just in Singapore, we see like you know, we only have one city. You can't really see much. Lah. But, but in many other parts of the world, hey, you actually see that, okay? So, like I stayed in Shenzhen. I stayed in China. I also stayed in Malaysia. So, I'm going to share with you a little bit of uh, my experience living in this huge migrant city of Shenzhen and this suburban city of Subang in Malaysia. Okay, Some of the economy, that how I observed when I was there because uh, I think that will give you a lot more clarity as to how the economy is going to change and how you can then leverage on this remote working arrangement to go further. Okay, For a very, very long time, China was a sleeping dragon. I'm sure everybody knows. And one of the first major economic push by the Chinese government was this place called Shenzhen which was uh, essentially quite a rural town in the southern border of China opposite Hong Kong by now you should know huh so in the early 80s they you know, kind of dedicated this space as a special economic zone to try to bring in foreign investors. And you you can... Essentially, they draw up an area and call these a playground, right? So, foreign capital can come in and you can do all the kind of stuff. So, actually, the first McDonald's, the first Starbucks, and some of the biggest factories, they all started in Shenzhen. So, that's an interesting place. So... As more and more of these kind of foreign capital or you know regional capital come here to explore this new way of life, this new economic model, more and more of the economy start to grow and more people come in to live here, to capitalize on the jobs. And you see this cycle repeat, repeat, repeat and grows into a network effect. So fast forward 30 years, Shenzhen now is like the Silicon Valley of China. A lot of factories, a lot of tech stuff over there. If you go to Shenzhen, you can actually kind of build your own Secondhand yeah. iPhone, okay. I, I think that's extremely possible because I've changed my iPhone screens at least like what six times when I was there for very very cheap, like two hundred RMB um, every one time, right? So, so it's a, it's a it's an interesting place with a very migrant-centric way of the economy where there is a big growing tech sector and everything else is kind of built around it, okay? So that is the very old way of how cities are built around jobs, around opportunities and the network effect kind of grows, okay? So that's where people congregate in the past. Um, but I think as work goes remote, you can go remote, things are going to change, so then it brings me to my experience in Malaysia when I was living in Malaysia, I was actually living in the suburbs, right, so this small little suburb called Subang that really relied on the university students for its economy, okay, it's a lot of small little quirky things, small little cafes little shops, kind of scattered all around, it was a sleepy town with a lot of character, but wages were relatively low and people would want to get jobs in the heart of KL, where the big MNCs hide kind of like Shenzhen kind of like Singapore where all the big MNCs are there and they hire, they pay the best dollar but of course high density means very stress everything's very expensive and all the standard things that you probably know but in KL in Subang this place where I lived life was very nice the suburbs is a beautiful place I don't know why it is so beautiful, but generally, I think it's because it's less dense and you kind of know everyone. There's a lot more character in these spaces. So if you think about it, Singapore does not have suburbs. And a lot of people still stay here because of what opportunities and because of this kind of emotional attachment to where we are. But going forward, as companies start to become more comfortable with hiring you remotely, you can actually make the money that you used to make in the city but live in the suburbs, right? So yeah, there are no suburbs here in Singapore, But there are actually a lot of suburbs in the region from places like Subang in KL in Selangor, or Bali, or Chiang Mai, or Da Nang in Vietnam. All these small little sleepy towns and suburban towns are a great place to live. I don't know if you've experienced them, but it's amazing. So, hey look at that as an idea where now that work goes remote, you don't need to be physically here anymore. And I had a great chat with Ricky from The Ravenry. So you can check out the Chills with TFC episode from him and, you know, get some ideas as to what the future of work is going to look like. So why not? So explore this idea, which also means you don't need to pay top dollar for housing here. And I know some people be concerned about like education, healthcare, and actually, right, if you live in the affluent part of the town, naturally they have private healthcare, they have private education. So hey, I think you will be able to afford, and you're gonna be doing pretty fine. But uh, don't don't mark my words for it try to go shopping, right? So these days, just look around online, try to find out what's the cost for private education, private healthcare, and how is it going to be like living there? So open up your minds. That is kind of what I'm trying to do. Not to tell you that, oh, Danang definitely better, or Subang definitely better, but recognise that as work goes remote, companies are going to hire you anywhere, and you can live anywhere. You don't even need to work for Singaporean companies. You can work for New York companies, London companies. As long as you're good enough, you can do it anywhere for any company and that's gonna be a whole new world scary for a lot of people um i sometimes also feel a bit scary because now the job market becomes global but if we do it well hey why not it can be a whole new way to live which brings me to point number three the third theme that's gonna change is finance is going digital. And we've talked about this extensively. From digital banks to brokerage with new UI, a very nice one, not like the old s user interface that looks like shit. Digital payments, uh, comparison sites, digital currencies. Very soon, you will see all sorts of things that are going to happen, right? So, one of the things that I envision that's going to happen is this thing called digital insurance co-op where people can risk pool together instead of letting one company make all the money, everybody just kind of pool our money together and have this centralized blockchain to govern this whole thing. And sometime down, you know, you don't even need to essentially let the insurance company make money. Everybody can pool risk together. So that's interesting. And you also see a lot of uh, new ways of making money, a lot of digital assets, a lot of traditional assets going digital also, right? So maybe in the future people will really want to own things like how hotel, you know, digital properties. So new tools, new money, new assets are popping up like rabbits. Huh? So you will see more and more of these kind of physical assets go digital. You will see more ease of digital payments. You will see new ways to manage money and a lot of the fees will come down. So these are not far-flung ideas. I'm merely extrapolating what is already happening. And I specifically want to bring out this theme because I know a lot of people are feeling very uncomfortable with like robo-advisories or like digital brokers, digital payment platforms and all those kind of stuff, especially robo-advisory. I've been getting a lot, a lot of DMs and, you know, talk on our Telegram group about this. Um, People are very concerned, like, what about the robo-advisor? You know what, they're closed down. What if this, what if that? Let me tell you one thing. In the future, every advisor will be a robo-advisor. Every advisory company needs this kind of digital interface to streamline their operations and all that good stuff. If you have not checked out the episode that I've talked about, robo-advisors, definitely go and check them out. Um, I think it will give you a lot more idea of how to manage the relationship with robo-advisory. But also... Think about how all these digital platforms are going to change the way you manage your finances. You no longer need to really get like a full-time professional. You can get off-the-rack kind of services, which actually a lot of people can use. You don't need all these kind of special tailored advice. So you can bring your costs down. You can compound much better. So why not? The idea here is that as finance goes digital... Be open to these new ideas and look how to manage the risk. Yes, be cautious. You know, you don't want to do any oh-how. But all these new ways are going to make things more accessible to us. Allow us more choices and more ways to go about planning our finances. And this will fundamentally change the kind of products we use, our interaction with the money. So as an extension, it will definitely change the way we live our lives. Everything is going digital like it all not overall i know that it is pretty scary for some aspects of life i vividly feel it you know uh, my body is aging you know it scares me sometimes i know that you know i'm out of touch with certain things in the market as i get busy with podcasts i know that i can never be fully aware of everything and sometimes i rely too much on past ideas to evaluate the future so i think today's episode is really about opening up our minds and being relevant and learning and just kind of recognize that, hey, the future is amazing and a lot of things are going to happen. While there are some fears here, why not? Let's capitalise on it and see how far we can go. And if you have any struggles, you have any concerns, any worries, hey at least know that you're not alone, okay? We are here for you. So to sum up today about the three global themes that are going to shift our personal finance strategies number one, people are going to be living longer, right? So the way you look at it is maybe retirement is not a one-time thing maybe you don't even do one career, you will change and you want to look at skills and develop your character rather than, you know, just kind of bite the bullet and just grind, 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 okay? Look for things you love and see how things can go. Next is work is gonna go remote and you can go remote. You no longer need to be too concerned about housing prices in the city. Of course, maybe suburbs pricing will change also because more people may shift out. Uh, but the idea is you now can move around. You don't need to be physically. You can literally vote with your feet. That means you can go anywhere. You don't need to be here. Right? Work can be anywhere and that's going to change so many beautiful things. And the last one is finance is going to go digital. So you're going to be empowered with all these new ways of managing your finances. Don't be afraid. Manage the risk, yes. But hey, keep learning. Keep evaluating as you go along. And I hope you learned something new. So today, see ya! You learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with potential coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated, and discussed. Join our Community Telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up our weekly newsletter, everything is in the description below. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have some interesting thoughts to share and know someone that you want to hear more from, reach out to us through helloandthefinancialcoconel.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week, and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all. Woohoo! So yeah, I think... A lot of things are changing. It's pretty scary. But hey, think about it. It's going to open up possibilities. We don't need to live here. We can do so many other things. We can try different, different stuff. So why not, right? Get yourselves out there. right? It's going to be fun. And later this week, we're going to talk about REITs, right? So a very popular product. I'm sure you guys know. I'm going to spend time with ju from Scythe uh, to talk about how REITs are going to change in Singapore because we see more and more local REITs buying foreign property. So how is that going to change the dynamics, right? And later this month, we're going to, do this whole series with Providence where we're going to talk about like young family planning, uh, mini retirement, estate planning, all those kind of good stuff. Uh, that's going to be really, really insightful. Um, as I was recording, I thought I learned a lot of good stuff. Next week, we will be talking a little bit about how to plan your finances. Okay, so that's the big thing, right? Financial planning is a whole sector. And I've been trying to understand what the hell is going on in this sector. What do they actually do? So after talking to a lot of them, um, I've sat down and kind of put things together in perspective to say that, hey, actually, these are the three core processes that really happens in a financial planning process. Setting goals, deciding strategy, and managing risks. And that's all there is. The endless discussion is the thing in the middle. What strategy to use? So yeah, we're going to talk about all these and more. Um, keep supporting the podcast. And yeah, take care. See ya. Bye-bye.